Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 38 for Friday 11th February 2011. Orlando's but a distant memory. Onward! This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by TomTom. Check out the brand new TomTom Fire Live 120 with built-in HD traffic, speed cameras, hands-free calling and much more. Details are at thisweekinlotus.com slash TomTom. Well, hello and welcome to episode 38 of This Week in Lotus. We're back for another weekly roundtable discussion of all things Lotus. Obviously back from Lotusphere and raring to go and looking forward to the rest of 2011. Darren Duke joins me as usual. How are you, Darren? Good morning, Stuart. I am snowy again. It keeps snowing in Atlanta. I need to move south. And every time you tell me it never snows in Atlanta and then it does it, again. It, it, uh, this is one year. If, if, for people that don't believe in climate change, come live here. <laughs> so how was Lotusphere for you, mate? You, you recovered from it yet? Um, I have. I had the flu and bad throat. And, uh, a, a throat that felt like someone had used a, 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 a rasp against Ooh. me. <laughs> but I, I think overall we've, we've recovered. But I don't think we'll ever have another twill like we did last week. No, no, no. We had such good comments from people that have listened. So if you haven't gone back and listened to episode 37 yet, it's well worth doing. So it was great to do a, a live show at Lowe's We had a tremendous audience uh, with, with drinks as well, which always makes things more exciting. And it was a really good show. So thanks to everybody for taking part, including one of our guests this week. We've got Mitch Cohen on again. Hi there, Mitch. Hey, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. You obviously joined us last week, both as a, a kind of listener and also jumped up on stage as well. So it's great to have you in that episode. How did you feel doing a live show? You know, I think what was funny was it really felt more like a panel and birds of feather session than anything else. The record, you know, the recording was just the room recording. So it really, even though we knew we were recording, it just felt like doing a session and talking to people in the room. And it's really great that that then got recorded and you know you were able to post that and turn it into a podcast for everybody else to hear as well Absolutely. and it was, so it was a lot of fun supposed, is that how we're supposed to do customer panels at lotusphere <laughs> <laughs> let's just say if they did that one during the ogs no one would have been complaining they were bored hey i like that comment that's good thank you mitch so just to introduce you to the audience um you know what, what's your involvement with lotus software and and kind of where are you based and tell tell us a bit, a bit about you well, I'm based in New Jersey, where we have much more snow than Darren does down in Atlanta, but fortunately none today. Uh, I am a customer of Lotus, as I think um, those who didn't know before Lotusphere know now. Uh, my involvement, you know, I've been working with Lotus software for close to 15 years now. 
uh, and in my role as a customer, actually, you know, work with Notes, Domino, Cricker, Connection, same time, and you know, have the uh, the great pleasure of getting to do a lot of design partner and beta work on that, and really work on a lot of forward-looking stuff, which I really enjoy. Excellent. It's great to have you on the show. So thanks for getting up bright and early and, and joining us today. Also joined by John Mell of IBM UK. Hi there, John. Hi, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, Twill. Now, we, we've had you on a couple of times so far, but um, kind of in your old role when you were with a business partner and consultancy, you've now rejoined IBM, I think. So tell us about your role at IBM. I have. I've been dragged back into Big Blue. So um, I now look after our portal and social software um, packages for uh, Northeast Europe, um, which is, as I sometimes describe it, the cold part. So it's UK, <laughs> Ireland, Germany, Scandinavia, um, and, uh, and, and Switzerland, Austria. Um, so I cover, um, which in, in product terms basically means portal, customer experience suite, Lotus Connections, quicker. Um, is, is, is my product set um, looking after that territory Excellent, okay and uh, I guess that means you do a lot of travelling get to a lot of so user groups and customer briefings and that kind of thing Absolutely, I, I'm, I'm based out of Heathrow Airport you can find me in, term- <laughs> you can find me in Terminal 5 <laughs> Goodness me. Well, it's, it's great to have you on, and particularly given your kind of history with, with social software. You know, you, I guess you've been doing social for what must be the best part of four or five years now? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, even when I, I, was, I was actually at IBM, I started my career at IBM, and even then, I think the, the first portal solutions we ended up talking about, the vision was always a social one. Um, so it feels like I've been doing social all the time now and and, and now you know it's it's finally becoming uh you know front and center of what we're doing okay well it's great to have you on the show today so as i mentioned in the introduction we're going to kind of look forward from low sphere and see um you know what it means for us in the year ahead and try and sort of bring out some of the threads of of the things that we discuss at low sphere and see how it's going to impact customers how it's going to impact partners and what it's going to mean for us as we go forward so darren do you want to kick off how how did you feel looking back you know a week on from low sphere how do you feel about the conference how did it rate compared to previous ones you've been to it, it's it's always hard to kind of rate them ag- against each other because usually, at least every second one, there's usually a big product announcement. You know, we we had the what, what Hanover, which became a five. We've had connections. We've had same time a five, and and this year there wasn't a lot, if any, that I can recall. And, and so coming out of it, I think there's a lot less. Okay. I can't wait for the next quarter because we have a big release coming out. It's more of a, okay, the environment has drastically changed in the last two weeks. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, as you were saying, Darren, that, that there were almost no product announcements. A lot of talk about next versions and what the themes for those might be, but there were certainly no products that they they gave us a firm uh, delivery date for or even start a beta programs or anything like that. So it's very little to kind of get your hands on. Mitch, how did you feel about it? Is there anything that, that you kind of took away as immediate action that you can take from Lotusphere, or is it all more sort of looking forward and, and themes for the year ahead? I think it's you know I think two things I think you're looking forward and you know like Darren said there there was no you know wait for this date we're going to ship this type of announcement uh, I do think the commitment to the products was certainly there you know I hope nobody walks away thinking anything otherwise uh, we certainly heard about next versions of many of the products and really started to see some of the, more of the message around Vulcan and see some more of the message around the next version of Notes and Domino even though that's even 
longer term as that's really a 2012 shipping item. So, you know, the products are there. You have to look a little more closely for the announcements or for mentions of them than you did in the past. I think the thing going forward is, you know, we did see a dramatic shift. And, you know, if you read, you know, what Ed wrote or what Alan Lepofsky wrote, uh, pretty interesting stuff. And I, I'm, I'm happy that most people seem to have really kept an open mind and really are okay with what's going on. And I think it's a great thing now that, you know, we might see a little less of the Lotus name than we used to. You know, I love the speculation already about what Lotus Fear 2012 will actually be called. But, you know, the bottom line is, is at this point, you know, you've got the full weight of IBM now behind this suite. And IBM just put a lot of their strategy behind the suite of tools that we've all been working with. And I, I think ultimately that's going to drive a lot of success and a lot of change that people have been asking for, whether it's in terms of marketing, in terms of how it's positioned in the market, who it's sold to. And I think you saw that also with, with a much larger executive presence and really some sessions and tracks geared towards the executive. I think they are trying to push into areas that they didn't used to and put these products out front and center. So I, I think overall it's a good thing. I think it's going to take a little time to see develop. Well, from I mean, from my perspective, I guess, um, I don't know if you noticed, there was a slight emphasis on social this year at Lotus there. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, for, for me, obviously, uh, you know, with my background, that's that's fantastic. And I think the, 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 the two things that I took away from it was first, the, the number of people there who weren't uh, from IBM who weren't Lotus. So the number of Cognos people that were there, um, the, you know, there were some rational people there, you know, the content people there, you know, lots of people from who wouldn't have traditionally attended um, were, were very visibly present uh, because, this is front, you know, the Lotus brand, whatever it ends up being called, is front and center of IBM's social business strategy. And uh, certainly within IBM, there's certainly a feeling that, um, you know, as a, as a brand, we are where it's at in terms of uh, the, the focus um, on social business going forward. Um, and the point around, you know, taking it to the executives and taking the, the messages to a new audience, um, you know, I, speaking frankly, I didn't come into IBM to sell connections to the existing Lotus customer base. Um, you know, that, that's not what I see the potential of the product and the platform and what it can actually do. It's, it's far more uh, far reaching than that. Um, and, and, you know, for me, that's quite exciting. And looking at some of the blog posts that, that Mitch mentioned, you know, we've had Ed Brill blogging that um, you know Lotusphere was 100% IBM and, and he loves it. Alan saying that Lotus is finally a, a key part of IBM. That's Alan Lepofsky now Social Text. Um, you know, Volker's blogged about it. I mentioned that you know long live IBM. Kind of looking forward. So it's been kind of this this um, meme of, of or meme of, of things looking forward uh, and saying that. The products that are part of Lotus are now a key part of IBM strategy. That is terrific. But at the same time, there's the deprecation of the Lotus name, or at least that's how people are assuming it's going to go. I don't think there are any announcements at Lotus Fear that actually formally stated we're going to push Lotus away as a brand. And, and yet that's kind of what people are assuming. Darren, do you think that's a fair assumption given that the discussions that went on at Lotus Fear? I, I saw the CRN um, interview that was posted yesterday. And, you know, Alistair Rennie was interviewed in Lotus Fear, and it, and it kind of looked, you know, it was all about rebranding, rebranding, rebranding. And you, you've, you've got to wonder that if they're going to rebrand it, why do it the week after Lotus Fear? Why not do it the week of Lotus Fear? 
it, it's not like they were going to get much pushback from the bloggers because we've been one of the more vocal communities about you know the word lotus has different connotations in different places and not always good so I, i'm not surprised about that i'm just wondering about the timing and the way it's kind of trickled out it looks very foundations-esque the, the way this has been handled to me um you know i had an i, I had uh cat mendelston st sat next to me at last week's twill and said no lotus is not going away and everything I have seen since that point in time makes me believe that that is not maybe the case just one day after that was said. And and again, going back to the foundations thing, it looks a lot like that kind of FUBAR release where they didn't really say anything and they didn't really do anything. And, and I think they need to head this off at the pass and say either yes, categorically, we are deprecating the brand name for the betterment of everybody or we're not and we're keeping it in place and let's push lotus nose and then secondarily to this i always get a bit worried when i see the a lot of the other brand people at an event because that means my customers are going to be pimped on even more stuff from ibm to sell and ibm need to make sure that they're selling solutions here so i don't buy one thing then have to buy six more things to make it useful they need to sell the actual and whole solution, which Lotus, as a general rule, has been pretty good at. And hopefully that will carry on as, as multiple brand, branded products appear inside of a single solution. I mean, I, I think that's something that you're, you're going to see going forward. And, and it's, I mean, if you look at the history of the brands and where they came from, I mean, I, IBM Software Group started, you know, coming out of DB2 effectively. Um, and then there was WebSphere as an application server, as a product that then became a brand. And then there was the acquisitions of Tivoli, of Rational and Lotus. And the point behind the brands back in, you know, whenever they came out in 1999-2000, was to try and give some structure to that because it was needed because it was, a, you know, IBM Software Group was kind of new. Um, but now I think we're saying it's, it's not just a Lotus brand. A lot of other brands are releasing IBM branded products um, precisely because we want to be able to um, you know, provide the capabilities across the piece like you get, you know, access to Tivoli Directory in, uh, Integrator within Lotus Connections and things like that. Um, and I think, you know, what we're starting to do with Customer Experience Suite to, to provide a complete um, solution um, rather than be uh, straightjacketed by, uh, by brands. And I think, I think the challenge is going to be how we communicate that to customers and and I, I i certainly you know i think if you went back six months if somebody talked to me about killing off the lotus name being sort of a yellow bleeder if you like I, i'd have been very reluctant to do that i think there's a lot of heritage a lot of loyalty there that could be lost however fast forward to where we are today and i'm, I'm now kind of pretty much pro that we go with ibm maybe there's still some lotus somewhere in the product name but but you know we very much look at, at ibm branded offerings and solutions and ibm branded um you know marketing if you like but the challenge is how do you communicate that to customers so that they don't go oh my goodness lotus is dead what are we going to do with these kind of legacy products and i think that's the piece that maybe hasn't been managed yet because perhaps the decision hasn't been made or it hasn't been communicated well so I, i'm at a pretty um, significant academic customer today i've got a meeting later on today and i'm sure that question is going to come up you know what does it mean that, that lotus is going away how do we deal with that and so i think that's where if there had been a statement by alistair or somebody at lotus we'd have at least been able to point people at that and say 
that's the statement you know the products aren't going away that's the direction and, and I think the problem is a lot of the messages were communicated in these very high level strategic OGSs that haven't made it onto paper yet or haven't made it on the websites yet to be able to point people at and the sure and I, and, I, and I think no I think that um uh, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I still have meetings with customers and, you know, I talk to them about connections and they say, oh, don't you need the whole Lotus stack in order to run that? Right? And, and, and there's still this kind of, uh, you know, misperception in the market that we, we, sometimes, we sometimes deal with. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the IBM brand is, is, is strong. Um, and I think that when, uh, I think Mitch mentioned it earlier about that there was definitely a Lotus Zero commitment to the products. I don't think anyone could say that the, 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 the products were going away. Um, how we package brand them in the future, I, you know, it's not, it's not a, a secret I've got in my head and I'm not sharing it with you. Um, it, I, but to some degree, you know, if, you're, if you're talking to customers and say, is Note still going to be there? You know, they, 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 they demoed Notes next. You know, is Connection still going to be there? You know, they demoed Connections next. Um, the commitment to the products is very, very strong. I would hope. <laughs> and, 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 that's just, and that's just it. The commitment to the products is there. And I, and I think had they got up in Lotus Fear and said, no matter how clear they might have said it, we're just not calling it Lotus, I think they might have really you know, started a whole negative, oh, they're killing Lotus type thing, as opposed to very slowly committing to the products. And then you know, what the, the primary name on the product is, I, I don't think people really care if the functionality is there, if the performance is there. So I think this really does have to be more of a slow transition than Big Bang. We're calling it this now. And John, you, you know, you're obviously out there speaking to customers. And and you know, before Lotusphere, how, how did you explain your position and, and and your kind of brand loyalty to customers? I mean, have you always led Blue, as as Ed put it this week? I mean, is that always your kind of starting point? You know, you're from IBM, you're part of IBM Software Group, and just you know, it happens to be that you deal with WebSphere Portland and Lotus products, or you know, if they're already a Lotus customer, do you lead Yellow because that's what they know and understand? Is that going to change? Do you think? Well, you adapt to the customer, but I, you know, I try not to lead with products, right? I mean, you know, it, it, rather than say, well, this is Portal and this is Connections and this is Quicker, you say, you know, the, the, I think what what I definitely appreciated at Lotus here was the simplification of the message, right? Exceptional web experience, exceptional work experience, cloud. Um, it was quite simple along that, and that's quite easy, I think, as a as a as a message to lead with in terms of how you're going to structure um, your conversations with clients. Um, so it's not a case of do you lead with IBM, do you lead with Lotus? I think, uh, you know, I, we encourage people not to do that and to instead, you know, lead with what, what, the, what the problem the client's got and, and how you're going to fix it. And, yeah, you mentioned the, the theme and, and the high-level strategies there. So, so, you know, we've got exceptional web experience. We talk about social business, get social, do business as the theme for Lotusphere. Um, and, and that was definitely sort of how they set things out at Lotusphere in terms of the, the business development day, the OGS on the Monday, and then uh, the keynotes afterwards. It was definitely very much emphasizing that theme of Lotusphere and therefore the direction going forward. And, and for me, that was very different to previous Lotuspheres where we had these one-word kind of brands for Lotusphere or themes for Lotusphere that kind of haven't been mentioned much after the OGS. It, is, it very much was everybody went away with social business as, as the theme and as the direction going forward. Um, I mean, Mitch, you're, you're 
the company you work for must be aware of what IBM are doing around social business, but also what other vendors are doing. Do, do you see IBM being in the leadership position around social business? Do you think that they're one of the first companies to get out there and articulate it in the way they did at Lowsphere? I think, you know, we, we obviously look at everybody. We always look at where we are, make sure we're in the right place, and we continue to believe we're in the right place, you know, with the IBM Lotus product stack. Uh, I, what I think is it really comes down to a lot of what Lewis Richardson talked about at his session, you know, whether it's people-centric or document-centric. And the IBM strategy really is, you know, people-centric, and that definitely resonates. I mean, it really is about empowering your people to go out and, you know, do whatever function they do for the company and let them have information as they need it. Uh, but be empowered, have information, be able to share that information and be able to, you know, develop themselves. And, you know, to me, it, that that seems right. I, you know, it is about who you are, what you do, not about some document sitting in a repository somewhere. So I, I do think IBM has that right. I do think that, you know, and, and I think you have this queued up for later on, right? But I think if you look at some of the things that are written, and I'm thinking of Kathy Brown's blog post from yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, what, what, what I'm reading that, and I don't think she's wrong. I think there's some really good points there. What I think it shows is that you could have, you know, IBM as a company, you could have this high-level strategy, you know, around getting social and doing business, but getting 400,000 people or getting, you know, however many people Lotus brand, you know, even is to all turn and shift towards that direction at once is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. So I think every company is the same. Certainly mine is the same. It's really about how do we take these tools in? How do we start changing the way people think? How do we start getting people to to work a little differently? And as, as we all know, you know, for some people, that's really natural. And sometimes it's a little painful when you're one of the one of the cutting edge people on this and people are looking at you like you're doing what you know you're, you're tweeting really uh but <laughs> you know ultimately this really i mean as you look at younger generations coming in as you look at you know other things you're trying to do as a company when you're trying to get more efficient when you're trying to retain knowledge i think these are the tools that are going to make it happen and this is the philosophy that's going to make it happen so nobody's going to turn on a dime and do this overnight but i think the vision looks right and it's just a matter of you know, who can get there first and get the advantage of it. And the, the, I agree with Mitch. I think people-centric is, is is the way it's gone. And if I were Microsoft, I would be very worried now. Um, I, I would be surprised if a lot of organizations would would uh, are looking out what is past Office 2010 because it kind of doesn't make all that much sense anymore. I think the problem we have with get social, do business is that means it's a bit of an amorphous term. It could mean I meet you at the bar and we talk about work. It could mean that I have customer relationship specialists on Twitter uh, ensuring my brand is not degraded out there. So it, it's it's such an amorphous term. I think a lot of people are going to have a ha- problem getting their hands around it. And, and, and Mitch brings up another good point about Kathy's blog post is social means different things to different people. And you're not going to please all of the people all of the time, and you might just be lucky to please some of the people some of the time. Do you want to explain Kathy's blog post to those that haven't seen it, Darren? Um, so there was a it was a rather humorous photograph of a social business cafe or a social cafe at Lotusphere where there was nobody in the seats, and, and I think the idea around her blog post was just putting out tables and seats and calling it a social cafe does not make an event social does not make you talk to anyone and she's perfectly right um i i think 
uh, what was missed really from IBM's intent was, uh, you know, the difference between last year's Lotus Sphere social wise and this year's Lotus Sphere social wise is, is night and day. And, and I think it's it's maybe a bit, you know, incredulous of us to highlight one of the few things that failed when so much did succeed at this Lotus Sphere social wise. That 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 point aside, I just want to bring up on this get social get social do business theme. So I don't know if this is what was intended behind it or not, but this is how I'm seeing it and how it's playing out for me is that what we're what what we're doing differently from I guess other people out there pushing social is we are actually tying it back to a quite traditional business, you know, good old traditional IBM business problems as well. So I go out and I, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes going, just yesterday I was on a panel at Chinwag Social Media Week in London and it was kind of a bit of, you know, what's a guy from IBM doing here? Because um, there's always, you know, there was a YouTube guy, a Groupon guy and all these other type of people. But at the end of it, they were saying, so, you know, what, what you've done is you've managed to actually combine it with traditional business and not get completely carried away by the hype um, and actually show how social actually works in a traditional business context so that you can go and pitch it to um, organizations, you know, large conservative organizations who might not necessarily be the most obvious candidates to be adopting social when you would think of how it's perceived in the market. Um, but you know, the Get Social Do Business from IBM to me means that we can actually combine those two and really show applying social tools to the context of real traditional age-old business problems i think i think that's right it's and and that's the challenge that customers are coming to to me at collaboration matters with is is you know we see the the kind of rounded benefits of social we see some of the cultural change benefits but how do we you know make a return on investment of doing this how do we make it part of our business process and so i think ibm's great to lead with that even if maybe those terms aren't particularly well defined in terms of do business what exactly does that mean one one of the the best parts of Lotosphere for me was andrew mcafee's um keynote on wednesday where he talked about kind of where enterprise 2.0 which is his kind of owned term um has has kind of come from where it's going what that means for social business and, and obviously he has a slight kind of argument with IBM about the terminology but the, the definitely the takeaway from that is that this is something that's been going on for a while and, and that you know we're at kind of this inflection point where you know companies are beginning to take it seriously and it will become part of a standard company operating kind of process going forward um and, and i've been putting a stall out and i think having andrew there was great for doing that in terms of saying we're we're leading this this kind of vision of, of taking it into companies making it part of, of, of the business going forward um so you know darren you, you work with some more kind of traditional lotus customers don't you maybe you know working with it teams there and so on do you think that yeah, you know, maybe broadening this, broadening this out. That the, the partner community that works with Lotus, the the people that are traditionally in the Lotus business, are able to now take this message out to people. Do you think they they've got the means to do that, or do you think it's going to be more maybe a new tier of partners, a new tier of consultancies that come in to to engage at this kind of social business level? Um, this is going to be controversial, but I think it's going to be a new tier of partners and be historic. Uh, load of shops that came up on the domino side are, are slowly going to go away or do something else or continue doing what they're doing just on X pages. Mainly because this this is I hate, I hate to use the word paradigm shift, <clears throat> and that's the reason I'm coughing is that's my leftover kimono's voice. By the way, um, it's it's a paradigm shift 
and I think the vast majority of people in consultancy and in IT especially, the moment you say the word social, they throw their hands up and, 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 and panic. And we've had this conversation with Luis Suarez a few times on this show where things have to change. And, and I honestly would love to see the word social just disappear from this conversation and some, some, something else take its place. Just because I think social in IT has kind of the same negative connotation that we've always alluded Lotus to having a negative connotation. So, you know, it, it, it's difficult to, to explain around what does social really mean when it means so much and so so much to different people. Uh, and, I, and I think it's going to take a new breed of partners to maybe take this to its fall who who came up on, on the social side and just happened to go over to the consultancy side. So, I mean, I... I I agree to an extent, well, not, not necessarily about the partner thing, I, I, I wouldn't comment on that, but in terms of the term social, um, so at this, at this panel yesterday I was on, it was a um, uh, how, to, how to do social sales and marketing. And basically I said, look, what we now call social sales and marketing in five years' time will be called sales and marketing. Right? It, it, it will just be de facto in the same way that we don't really talk about um, an organization's e-business strategy anymore. It's kind of, well, that's your business strategy. There's, there's no point differentiating or delineating it um, because it, if, you, if you haven't got one, you're kind of screwed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I often, when I'm talking, I say, so people who don't have a, are people who don't have a social strategy, are they antisocial? Do they have a non-collaboration strategy? I mean, you know, no, they don't. They just don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about it in those terms. Um, and I think uh, it's an interesting position to be in where on the one hand, you know, we're defining a market, we're going out and, and you know, there is a lot of good stuff going on around the term social, but I agree that for some uh, organizations, it's not necessarily the most attractive word, but I, I, I don't necessarily see it surviving. I think it will just part become you know, part and parcel of any collaboration solution. Mitch, um, you know, as, as part of this uh, Lotusphere, they talked an awful lot about the next versions of the product. You mentioned them earlier on, you know, Notes Next, Connections Next, and so on. Last year, it was very much about Project Vulcan and the vision that, um, you know, that laid out for, for Lotus products going forward. Could you see the direct link in terms of where Vulcan was was projecting versus what they're delivering in in this year's versions of the new products? Was that something that that was clear to you after Lotusphere? I, th- I think it's clearer than it was over the course of the year. Uh, it was really funny because after last Lotusphere, I mean, I thought the Vulcan stuff was was pretty exciting and pretty much directionally what we've asked Lotus for for a number of years in terms of if you're a customer who runs a lot of the suite bringing it all together in a much more seamless fashion. Uh, I think it's still taking time. I think it's clear that there's a UI they're working towards. I think it's clear that there's building blocks and APIs that that are going to be there to make it all work. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be some time before we see, you know, every product in the suite really meet up to that. And then the real key to me is two things. Number one, being able to bring everything from a Lotus product very easily into this activity stream, but where that really adds value is when we start to extend beyond the Lotus products and start to look at other technology we have in our portfolio and how we bring that into the activity stream as well. I think they're showing it. I think you know the social business toolkit is there. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff coming. I don't think we're there yet. I still think we have to see that built out. I, I think they're consistent though in terms of what they showed as a vision and what they're now showing as building blocks for the products. I just don't think we're there yet. 
And did you get a, a good handle, do you think, on, on what was in the social business framework? Um, you know, unfortunately, I didn't make it to some of the sessions that delved into that in a little bit more detail. Did you get a feel for, for what's going to be kind of integrated into product versus what developers going to need to do to pull some of this stuff together? Yeah, I have not had the chance to really deep dive into that yet either. It's on a long list of things to do. <laughs> Me too. And and Darren, do you see? Uh, yeah, do you think the future is any clearer in terms of mobile versus desktop versus web based? Is that something that you took away from Lowsphere? Do you think there's still a place for desktop apps like Notes and other desktop clients like the Connectors going forward? I I do, and and that's because we have a 25-year vested heritage in the document model, so we still have to address all of the quote-unquote business intelligence, intellectual properties, you know, take your pick, archiving, that we've done before we all switch to the activity stream method of working and, and the web-based version of working. And, and, and I, still, I still wonder with the world so tied to Internet Explorer whether we are ready for a, a fully web standards based implementation of anything that we don't have to constantly hack around. And that's probably the big, big question mark over, over all of this. And there was an interesting question inside of, I think it was asked the developers, when are you going to kill off support for IE6? And it might have been you that asked it to do it, actually. It was. Um, and basically the developers said, well, we can't. Because a third of our companies still at least use IE6 as their de facto browser. Uh, and, and IE6 is really what comes standard with um, XP still. And most organizations I work with still, still run XP. So that's, that's really the big question over the web is at, w- at what point are we able to kill off the old legacy versions of Internet Explorer that are out there and, and be able to move two activity streams and the other question that kind of raises its head is I think everyone on the call and the majority of the people who were being preached to at Lotusphere we all use activity streams today it's just they're all in different places my email is an activity stream Twitter's an activity stream Skype's an activity stream getting all in one place you know might make my life easier it might not I have yet to make that determination but what, what about the other 80% of people that don't yet understand what activity streams are and, 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 and will they embrace them or will they say, you know, old dog, new tricks, not interested? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think two things to what Darren just said. I mean, number one, I mean, to go back to you asking about mobile, I think this year we got a great mobile story out of, you know, out of Lotusphere. And I think that if there's one area that really has been moving in the right direction for sure, it is the mobile story. The traveler stuff has really been terrific and has really extended the Lotus Suite out to a number of devices. And what I saw this year in the mobile strategy session is a real commitment to apps for mobile as well. You know, up till now it's been a little, it's been a little gray. You know, Rim's got the connections and quicker client. It works web-based on other devices, but now we've heard there will be for the high-use case items native apps for different platforms for connections, for other things, and, uh, you know, same time on Android coming, and, and same time on Android not just coming, but, you know, the whole thing they showed with camera integration, taking a picture, popping it into a chat, things like that, where they really get right now that the mobile device doesn't just have to be about email and calendar, but has to, you know, tie into all these other systems and use 
all the functionality of the device when it ties into the system. So that's number one. You know, number two, Darren talked about the activity stream, and he's right. You know, there are some of us using it now in different forms. What, what I think I saw, and what, what I think I see out of the Vulcan stuff and out of where they're going, though, is somewhat of a natural transition where if, if you can't make that transition, you're going to just take that activity stream and flip it and be in your mail view and be a traditional email user. And then you're slowly going to realize that, hey, you know what? I don't have to leave this view. I just have to go back to this view where I see, you know, connections notifications, where I see other notifications from other products. But it's got that comfortable inbox view with it for people who can't just make that leap right away. So I, I think that part of the Vulcan vision and part of the activity stream IBM is showing is a nice model to transition people who aren't used to it and get them to comfortably be able to continue doing what they need to do and then learn how to, how to do that a little differently and a little more effectively. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I was at, um, in my previous role at Headshift, we were you know, very big on you know, enterprise RSS and trying to get people to look at flows and streams rather than acting on documents and emails. And it was hard mainly because RSS interfaces were poor right, for line of business users. It was another thing. It was often outside their mailbox, um, and it was another place for them to go. So something that I really like about our story is how, you know, everything is centered around, um, you know, an activity stream which, you know, is, is combined into this Vulcan uh, idea so that it's, it's a single place for people to, to be and not having to context switch between email, documents, RSS, uh, you know, all those different kind of tools. And that brings us on, in many ways, to, to one of the, the main announcements at Lotusphere, if you like, one of the few product announcements that was made, which was the, the Lotus Live Symphony tool, which is basically taking what was done in Project Concord, the collaborative editing in the cloud approach, and actually turning it into a formal product, uh, which I think is going to go into into beta or some kind, kind of technology preview in the next few weeks. Darren, I think you've taken a look at this in the last week or so, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I was playing with it yesterday with uh, about four other people. Um, I, I am very, very impressed. Um, it it kind of fills some holes that Google Docs has. Um, I don't think it's yet as, as fast or as, or as informational as Google Docs yet. Um, but, but I think they've looked at Google Docs. They took a first swing, and it is a technical preview, and anyone can try it. And I think they've they've connected. It it, it is nothing short of phenomenal what they've done, and the fact that I can take a chunk of text and assign it to somebody, and they can work on that either public or in private or by themselves, and I'm notified when they've said they've done, and they're notified when I assign it to them. I think takes the concept of workflow, but that Lotus has always been good at, and, and and pushed it to the cloud. So. We have the best of all worlds that, you know, workflow in a cloud, in a document environment with co-editing, co-authoring, and, 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 a, and a modicum of privacy while I'm working on my document is, is, is phenomenal. And uh, I, I would expect in the near future that our Twill document that we use in Google Docs that every, all the panel has access to will be moving to Lotus Live Symphony pretty soon. And, and I think that goes back to a point I made earlier about how, you know, IBM gets the traditional business requirements of workflow, of privacy, you know, all these kinds of things that you were just talking about there um, and can bring that to social, to the cloud, rather than just saying, here's an online editor, go for it. 
And, and of course, then if that can be integrated into the activity stream, so you then get just a little notification to say, you know, Darren has finished editing his part of the presentation, you go and review it, then that again just brings all that integration together and all that kind of seamless workflow together in a way that we've kind of talked about in notes for years and years, but suddenly now that's opened up to, you know, the whole organisation or even outside the organisation as well, which is just tremendous. There, so, there was there was no indication of the price. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so I have no idea how much this is going to cost. Uh, you know, looking historically at, at IBM, have gone toe to toe with Google and Microsoft on pricing. I, I'm I'm ho- holding out a big hope, but this is going to kind of be maybe the same idea as as what the Google Apps pricing might might be based around. Because it's not just document; it's not just like a Word document. There's also presentations and spreadsheets in there i think as well and it could be that that low slice symphony is kind of the step to ibm doing something in a kind of freemium model in that we currently have lotus uh, symphony that's obviously free we have the lotus live suite which is all paid at the moment so maybe lotus live symphony is kind of the step between those it'll be interesting to see how they how they fit that in because obviously google apps is is free for sort of personal and, and low end use so it'll be interesting to see whether they go toe to toe in that area and and it'd be interesting to see how how they push it because uh, yet again we've seen that we're not a consumer play come out of Lotusphere, and while this may not be a consumer kind of model, like you said, Stuart, at, at the low end, Google Apps is free, and and is re- is Lotus Live Symphony a threat to Google Apps? Yeah, I, I doubt it just because of a name recognition Google Apps has now. Yeah. Um. But but it's it's a good step, and it might be it might be the the free crack rock they give you. As a dealer, I do always worry when you use that analogy, Darren. <laughs> yeah, Darren, IBM lawyers have stopped me from commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the other question with the Lotus Live Symphony stuff is: Will it be available to a traditional on-premise customer? Will it be available as part of a license to another product? Because if you think about it, the idea to take that and adopt it into a quicker or a connections. And let people just really do all their editing right in there where they're storing their docs is very, very powerful. And I wonder how that's going to be positioned and and sold and integrated. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, you can really see that that you know taking on a, a whole new direction. If you put it inside, you know, files and wikis, for example, inside uh, connections, you can see how popular that would be. Now, something that didn't get much airtime at Lotusphere in terms of the OGSs and keynotes, we mentioned this on the live show last week, was the whole app dev story. Um, Now, I think if you looked at the overall sessions for Lotusphere, there were a massive number of X-Pages sessions, a lot of um, very well-known speakers talk about X-Pages, talk about app dev on on the Domino platform. And of course, we had the book as well, the the launch of the Mastering X-Pages book by IBM Press. Now, Ed Brill blogged about this week week saying that um, it sold more than any other IBM Press book at an IBM conference. Now, that's fantastic in terms of reiterating how strategic X-Pages is for the Domino app dev um, community, really. Darren, did you it, see it the is. book? Did you get a chance to have a look? Uh, I haven't yet, um, mainly because I got there too late. It already sold out by the time I got my my backside down to the lower levels of the dungeons at <laughs> the Lotusphere. <laughs> um, but it's 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 exceptionally good news for two reasons. One is it shows there is a definite buildup of X pages, but I think what it also shows is there's been a bit of a lack of normal quote-unquote 
Note's client developers have not really had the resources to go away and start pushing this. And I think that's why it's flying off the shelves is for the first time they're able to get a book, they're able to sit down, they're able to peruse through it, and it's not a wiki and it's not a it's not a blog article. Um, it, it's a book and, and still people learn that way. So, you know, it, it's good for the, the guy sat at the desk eight hours a day to be able to put this, you know, 350 to 450, it's, it's a big book uh, page, Tom, on, 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 the, on the desk and, and, and start playing around with it. Because at the end of the day, we learn two ways. One is reading, the other one is doing. There's a lot of example apps out on OpenNTF, but once you crack them open, you have no idea what you're looking at unless, unless you've done X pages previously. And this is where this book helps. And, and hopefully this will be the first of many uh, because, you know, you, you can't just base an entire technology around a single book. So there's already talk of a second. Hopefully a lot of evil publishers will see the success of this and jump on the bandwagon. Hint, hint, cough, cough, packet. Excellent. Well, there were certainly a good number of, of excellent books at Lazefair. I saw um, Marie Scott and Tom Duff signing their uh, same-time book, and I know there's plans for a new same-time admin book as well, as well as a quicker book from Pat Publishing as well. So loads going on in that area. Um, as I commented on Ed Breel's blog this morning, I think it shows there is still a real appetite for published documentation and guides around Lotus products, which kind of, for me, brings up the whole um, you know, Red Books conversation again in terms of killing off loads of red books i'm sure they would still be popular if they were being produced today but we'll leave that for another episode to go in that area um something's going on this week post Sphere is the social business jam which is ibm's sort of latest um online discussion forum if you like around a particular topic this time it's social business um i, I saw some stats yesterday something around uh, over two thousand people have now taken part in that jam um put a comments on put new topics up uh, has anybody on this call had a look at that yet very briefly. They should have moved it to the week after the week after Lotusphere. I would tend to agree with that. I think not many people have had time this week to, to get stuck into that. And I think it's only running for three days as well, so uh, there's not much time to do that. I had, a, I had a brief look yesterday, and there were some really good topics being discussed. Um, something I was quite surprised at is, is there isn't too much social integration in that tool. So there isn't any way to easily tweet or blog articles um, or sort of bring any kind of social tools from outside into the jam. Uh, and there's also no voting, so it's not like Idea Jam would be where you can vote up or down ideas so it's, it's really a talking shop but I think that said that there's still some interesting discussions going on there and I think it's going to be interesting to see how IBM take those discussions and, and do more with it in terms of maybe planning product direction or, or, or talk about how they market social business to customers Did you did you mention that in the jam Stuart that uh, it should have more social integration? Good. I did indeed as did uh, a few other people as well I think Luis Suarez also mentioned that so hopefully it'll, it'll get listened to. Uh, it's, it's a it's a technology that IBM's used for a few years, so I think maybe it predates kind of some of the social stuff, but I think they need to bring that up to date. Darren, um, you also added to our topics list, um, uh, ask the product managers, and it might be worth just covering that session in a little bit more detail, but ask the product managers, um, which happened on the Thursday, um, that they, uh, Ed Bill stood up and mentioned that for 853, all Domino Express products will have all of the um, sort of limitations removed apart from the one around size of customer. Do you see that as being good news? Do you see that as something that people have been calling for for a while? It is excellent news. Um, Ed Brill went up in my estimation quite highly in that session because he managed to wrangle what could have been a, a, a not a good session and turned it into one of the best sessions of the entire Lotusphere. And, and he kind of did that by 
giving away a piece of news from everybody. All 25, 30 people had a piece of news that had not been published elsewhere during the week. And I think that took the explosive nature out of a room immediately. And, and Ed's was along the lines that Domino Collaboration Express is, to all intents and purposes, hopefully having um, all of the restrictions removed starting in 853. Now, when you look at what a restriction is, and there's a comment, there's a, there's a, a theme on Ed's blog about this, and it's in the, in the show notes, is, is, is anonymous access a restriction or not? Uh, and, and I would like to see the anonymous restriction from Collab Express be removed, and Ed has said it's hopefully his intention to do that. But either way, this goes to show, when, when, when Ed, a couple of months ago, said, hey, good news, I'm removing clustering restriction from Collaboration Express, everyone kind of said, well, that's cool, but what we really need is directory assistance. And I think he went away, looked at it, and he's like, you know what, these guys are kind of right, let's see what we can do. And, and apparently, this is maybe the first in a whole line of simplifying the licenses, which can only be a good thing. Because if you, if you read the licenses, and, and Sean Cole had a question this week about Domino Express servers talking to Domino Enterprise servers, which really ends up, you know, you, you, you're deep in a hole of two licenses if you look at it. If, if they can simplify this and make it a lot easier for people to understand what they have and why they have it, I think that's a good thing for everybody. But kudos to IBM. Kudos to Ed for the session. Um, it was definitely the best session out there. And an 853 Collaboration Express hopefully will be the exact same piece of software the big enterprises get. Just you have to have under 1,000 employees and contractors. Mitch, you uh, live blogged, I think, the Ask Product Managers. What did you feel about that session? Would you echo what Darren said? I thought, yeah, I, mean, I absolutely would after all the the pre-Lotusphere hype and what was going to happen there, you know, I think both Ed and the product managers did a great job and the people who showed up to ask questions uh, did a terrific job asking for the most part um, appropriate and, you know, questions that could be answered. Uh, and I thought it was really a terrific session. Um, actually, I have a blog post going on later today and it actually um, includes Ed's tweet where he said he's pretty happy with it and is going to commit to doing it again in 2012 which I think is a really good thing. And we did live blog it. Uh, it's on my blog, but it was really done with help from you, Sharon Bellamy, John Head, and Sean Burgess. We got a, a last-minute request for a live blog, and there was no way I was going to be able to transcribe all the Q&A myself. So we uh, hastily uh, assembled a quick crew that did that for anybody who wasn't there and wants to capture it. Okay. So that's at CuriousMitch.com, I think. Great. Okay, well, that's that's the topics list done for this week. Uh, we promise next week to move on to kind of post Lotusphere topics. I know for those that couldn't be in Orlando, we probably covered it to death. But I hope we we've tried to to give a really good overview of what went on there and and some of the things that were were kind of high in uh, in attention uh, whilst out in Orlando. So hopefully you've enjoyed that. So as usual, we finish off the podcast um, with a tip from each of our guests. So Darren, do you want to kick us off? What's your tip for this week? Uh, my tip is VMware ESXi is free, 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 and will work on some SATA controllers. Uh, there was a couple of tweets. I think there was one while I was at Lotosphere, and then someone had DM'd me during the week, this week, and said, hey, uh, I, I want to put up a VMware server. What, 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 what can I do for just, just for testing purposes or development purposes or even for home server? And, and ESXi is you know, the market-leading you know, hardware hypervisor. It is free, right from, IB, uh, right from VMware's site. You just register, download, they'll send you a key. 
And if you have a reasonably new, but not the newest uh, computers, it will work usually on the SATA controllers. You don't have to go out and buy an expensive RAID array to do it. Um, check with a docs, but I think like Intel ICH9 controllers are usually pretty good at working, but that was that's my tip of the week. Excellent, and I use ESXi as well and, and very much recommend it. It's a, it's a great tool, and the fact it's free is still quite amazing to me that VMware give that away, so that's good stuff. Um, John, what's your tip? Oh, sorry, I was on mute. So I, was, um, I spent some time with Chris Crummy. I don't know if anyone... I'm a call nose Chris. He's the sort of uh, worldwide leader of our evangelist team, an amazing guy, full of energy, and always got the latest and greatest stuff. And he spent a good, you know, half an hour taking me through the best apps he had in his iPhone um, at Lotus here. But the one that stood out for me was probably the most antisocial app I've ever seen, <laughs> called Excuse Me, which is fantastic. Um, and basically, you set it on your iPhone, you set a time limit on it, and uh, you can, it will then fake do a fake call with a blocked number on your iPhone, which you can answer. Um, and then it even sort of plays a voice so in the background so it, it's clear that someone is actually calling you. <laughs> uh, Superb. And uh, there's a free version which gives you either immediate or 30 seconds, but there's the, the, the pro version allows you to set for like 5 minutes, 15 minutes. So if, if someone's coming up to you at Lotus Day or in a meeting or you're starting a meeting you want to get out of, you can set it in advance. Um, and then make your excuses to having to take this urgent call and, and, and get out of there. So it was probably the technically the least impressive, but in terms of value, um, I installed it straight away. I won't tell you how many times I've used it. But, um, <laughs> I was going to say. And, yeah, and he has a call right now. He has to check. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, great tip. Thank you, John. And Mitch, do you have a tip for us? So I've got a tip, and it involves Stuart and Darren, and it goes like this. Uh, anybody working with Lotus Connections, I suggest that you go out and find the slides that Stuart and Rob Wonderlook put together, uh, both for show and tell and for the, the best practices track. Uh, having done the show and tell a couple of years and knowing how much work is involved, uh, and I you know, did go, even though I didn't make your session, I did go through your slides. They are excellent, and I really suggest that anybody attempting to install Connections 3.0 for the first time, it's a great shortcut they put, I'm sure, many hours of work into it uh, and they're worth it you know and the tip with Darren is be very careful if Darren sends you any links he's sending out links to videos of him doing karaoke so <laughs> like anything from Darren <laughs> oh, bless you Mitch thank you for the kind words about the sessions they did take many many hours to put together but I hope will be of value to others I know I'm going to use that presentation all sorts of different ways in terms of doing some of the uh, the deliverables I, I do for customers so it's out there it's free to download from SlideShare so go ahead and grab that if that's of interest to anybody and as for karaoke, well, there's a few videos of Darren doing karaoke, including one with Joyce Davis. So look out for that on the uh, on the Lotus Community blog. That's well worth seeing. Um, did you see? Did you see she removed it from Video Fest? I thought that was quite funny. Yes. Yeah, we put it as a late entry to Video Fest. Fortunately, didn't get selected as one of the winners. Um, so my my tip for this week is another um, iPhone iPad. Uh, application. It's called Boxcar, and it was a tip actually from Luis Benitez, who many of you will know. Um, and it's it's a effectively an activity stream for the um, for the iOS devices. So what it does is it links into your other applications that you use on the web, things like um, Twitter, Facebook, your email, Google Buzz, Google Voice, Foursquare, Goala, um, RSS feeds, Growl, even on your uh, Mac if you run a Mac. 
and it brings notifications from all of those apps all into one view um, and you can then customize how those how those notifications um, alert you so it, you know plays a plays a sound puts up a pop-up or just comes into the notification stream list um, and that then means you can go and turn off some of those notifications in other apps whether it's your native Facebook app or whatever so then you get everything in one view so it really is a nice kind of aggregated view of what's been going on in your social kind of world over the past you know 30 minutes or hour or whatever you look at it um, the reason I asked for that app from Luis was that you know I came back from Lotosphere having thousands of emails in my inbox I hadn't managed to get to while I was at Lotosphere and probably 95% of those were notifications from social sites you know it's it's so and so has followed you on Twitter or so and so has sent you a direct message which I've seen in other ways and so um, I think the next step really is to start culling some of those emails that I get from some of these social sites and Boxcar is a, a great first step along that way uh, along that road so well worth having a look at it's a free app there's an iPad and an iPhone version so well worth checking out so that's and, and then, Stuart they're also they're also moving into web-based notification systems also so it's not only going to be tied to your device but oh, actually be able to be used on your computer as well okay so do you use boxcar as well I've used it on and off um, now that I see I can use it on more than just one device I'm likely to give it another look yeah I, I certainly made. I've only been using it for a few days, but it certainly made a big difference to to my productivity, particularly while on the move. So uh, thanks to Luis for that tip. Well, that brings us to the end of our first post Lotosphere uh, Twill episode thirty eight. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let's quickly go around the table and ask how people can get hold of you or follow you if they're interested in more information. So John, do you want to kick us off? How do people find you? Best way is on Twitter, which is uh, John Mel J O N M E W L. Brilliant. And thanks for taking part today, John. And Mitch as well, how do people find you? Curious Mitch on Twitter, CuriousMitch.com, and Curious Mitch most social networks. Awesome. Well done, and thanks for taking part. And Darren? Darrenduke.net for all things technical, and on Twitter, Darren Duke, all one word, for my 140-character rants. Great. Well, thanks to all of you for taking part today. Uh, I'm Stuart McIntyre. Find me at Stuart McIntyre on Twitter or Google me and I'm sure you'll come up with some stuff. So thank you once again for taking part. Thank you for downloading and listening. Until next week, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by TomTom. Check out the brand new TomTom Fire Live 120 with built-in HD traffic, speed cameras, hands-free calling and much more. Details are at thisweekinlotus.com slash TomTom.